thank you, Lord, for today, Lord. We thank you for this blessed day, this week, Father, that um, that we take this time to um, have a good meal and, and, and enjoy family and, and fellowship, Lord. Um, but we want to also be reminded of, Father, that as Matthias mentioned, that this should be daily, Lord. Should we be grateful for these times, Lord, that you've privileged us? Because uh, we know that, uh, that not everyone has this opportunity to be able to fellowship and, and have a good meal at this time. So we pray, Father, that as this message goes on today, Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit just guides us, Lord. I pray you use me, Father, just to teach what needs to be taught, Father, and the word that needs to be spread out about you and who you are, Lord, and, and, and uh, your love for us. And I just pray that the, your word, Plants the seeds that need to be planted, Father. It pierces the hearts of all the men and women here today, Lord, as we fellowship in your name, Lord. Well, this is a privilege and an opportunity to be able to come together to fellowship and worship you, Lord. And that we are privileged to come straight to you, Lord. So we thank you again, and we praise you, Father. Lead this time, this moment, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, I know you maybe can't see the passages here, uh, but it is Mark 14. Um, we're leading off where uh, Pastor John led off, um, finished up last week. So it's 14, 20, 12, I mean, Mark 14, 12 to 26. Okay. And then we also have Isaiah 53. Jeremiah 31. 31 to 34. And of course, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Amen. So Thanksgiving week. Always a good time to eat, right? I mean, for me, it's every day, right? But Good time for us to eat, and this is actually the first year I will be deep frying a turkey. All right. So pray you don't burn the house down, right? <laughs> Do it in the yard, all the way in the back. I always read about it, so I told Melissa, I said, let's try it. So. Burning the house down? No, 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 the turkey. <laughs> Cooking, deep frying the turkey. So that's going to be exciting. Praise the Lord. All right, Mark. Yes, please. And keep me in prayer while I'm eating it because there will be some gluttony going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. And again, we did give out the baskets this week and we assembled them um, Wednesday. So that was a great time. Um, if there's anyone, can I say, say that? If there, is there anyone that, you know, needs baskets or anything else? I mean, um, you know, let us let us know. All right. If anyone needs a place to eat, let us know. Okay. Fourteen, twelve. I'm going to read the word. Now, on the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him. 
Where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat the Passover? And he sent out two of his disciples and said to them, The city, I'm sorry, go into the city, and a man will meet you and carrying a pitcher of water and follow him. Wherever he goes, and say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared, there make ready for us. I'm sorry, all these different periods, and they should have just left it without the numbers and stuff. We could have just read through it and make it easier for me. So <laughs> his disciples went out and came into the city and found this is loud. So I can turn down. And so his disciples went out and came into the city and found it just as he had said to them. And they prepared the Passover. In the evening, he came with the twelve. Now as they sat and ate, Jesus said, Surely I say to you, one of you who eats with me will betray me. And they began to be sorrowful and say to him, one by one, is it I? And another said, is it I? He answered and said to them, it is one of the twelve who dips with me in the dish. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would, be, it would have been good for that man if he had never been born. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it and broke it, and gave it to them and said, take Eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. Assuredly, I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine. That day when I drink it, the new, drink it new in the kingdom of God. And last verse 26. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out, to the Mount of Olives. Oof, that was torturous. Praise God. Lord, I thank you again for this word, Father, and this opportunity. Lord, we just pray, Father, your Holy Spirit just takes control, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for this time, for this word. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to open up with an illustration. called the ungrateful. A man was writing at the post office desk and was approached by an older fellow who had a postcard in his hand. The old man said, Sir, could you please address this postcard for me? The man gladly did so, and he agreed to write a short message on the postcard. And he even signed it for the man too. Finally, the man doing the writing said to the older man, Now is there anything else I can do for you? The old fellow thought about it for a minute, and he said, yes. At the end, could you please put, please use a sloppy handwriting. <laughs> that was me that he said it about, just so you know. <laughs> but um, that's one illustration. I want to read you another one. In the early 1900s, a policeman was walking his beat in Chicago when he observed a man standing before a little mission. He had removed his hat, and the officer thought he was acting rather strangely. Thinking the man might be drunk or ill, the policeman approached him. He noticed that his eyes were closed. 
So he nudged him and said, What's the matter, Mac? Are you sick? The man looked up and smiled. No, sir. My name is Bill. I was converted right here in this mission. I never passed this way without taking the opportunity, if possible, to stand quietly for a moment and whisper a prayer of thanksgiving. Billy Sunday, if you're aware, he was one of the greatest evangelists in the 1800s. Uh, he was a famous athlete, baseball player, and, um, and he shared the gospel greatly. So, as I read these two contrasting type illustrations, where do you stand? Where do we stand? Are we the ungrateful one? And appreciate him writing the letter? Or are we the one that's so grateful that God came and saved our soul? Where do we stand? The title of the message today, I am grateful. I am. Grateful with a question mark. Purpose being that I am is God, as we see in Scripture. But also, ask ourselves if we're really grateful for what He's done. And what He has planned for us. So we'll see in this passage here, as uh, we go through it, and ask ourselves that. Because it's not about pointing out the negatives in us where God wants us to be. And God is going to use this time here in this passage and make us think and look at ourselves because the cross always makes us do that. When we come to the cross, the Graham always says, it makes you look at yourself to see who you really are. And it's not to discourage you, but it's to encourage you to understand that the love of Jesus Christ has for you and me and what he's done on the cross for our sins and what he has prepared for us in the future. But, We'll see that in, in this passage as we go forward into it. So I'll start off again at 12. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat the Passover? And he sent out to the two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, again, I missed that, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, Where is the guest room with which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared. There, make ready for us. So the disciples went out came into the city and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. So here's a continuation. We see Jesus' life and what he's doing through through his time here on earth. You know, Jesus is, is God. He brings God to us. He brings heaven to us. So he's here. The kingdom have come, all right, has come. And Jesus is, is, is playing out here the... Um, I'm not playing it out, but what I'm saying, he's continuing all the way to the end in this passage, right? He's continuing to show us his plan for us, all right? God has a wonderful, marvelous plan for us, and he doesn't lose or get sidetracked like we do. He continues until it's done. But what's great about him, he lets us know how he's going about it as he walks with us and talks with us, and he shows us in Scripture. And that's what's wonderful about Christ. There's no secret. There's nothing hidden. He lets you know exactly you have the victory in him. Okay. So here, but he's going out and he's going to celebrate um, 
the unleavened bread, which is usually uh, celebrated with Passover. Just to give you a pre- uh, brief overview, sometimes I make it more complicated than what it is, well, a lot of times, but I'm going to try to really simplify it here. Okay, Passover, continuation, as we know, Moses, Israelites, they were freed from Egypt, right? We're all familiar with that. They were set free. The blood on the post, as we always saw in the Ten Commandments and all the different movies through the years, you know, the blood on the post, uh, killing on the first child of the Egyptians, it, it allowed a, um, the blood protected the Israelites, right? And it freed them from the bondage in Christ. I mean, uh, freed them from the bondage of Egypt. All right, so that's why they celebrate the Passover meal, is to celebrate that event, that Passover event, the uh, angel passing over the houses with the blood of the lamb. And that lamb was shed, uh, that blood, that, 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 uh, blameless lamb, I want to say, or that, uh, unbroke, was unbroken bones, and that, that pure lamb was, the blood was shed of it and put on the doorposts. All right, so to this day, they still celebrate, and that's where they get Passover from, pretty much. Okay? Now, within the meal, they celebrate different things within the meal to, to, um, to reveal different things about that exodus from, from Egypt. All right? So they share a few different things in it. Um, the lamb is one of them, right? Because they had to sprinkle the lamb, the blood, and then they allowed him to um, receive the lamb back and eat it. But the blood is what's sprinkled at the tabernacle, right? At the, the priest would sprinkle that blood to pay for the sins. So Jesus is following through with this tradition, with this, um, with, with this, uh, um, with this um, tradition, to show them. Listen, I am the law, but I have fulfilled the law, and I'm still going to follow through on the law because He says I didn't come to abolish the law; I came to fulfill the law. So He's still following through with it, but He comes to show um, just a lot more than that. Then this is just more than just another Passover meal, another party, right? This is more than just coming here and, and, and breaking the bread. And he's going to show us here, tell us why. 13, he sent out two disciples. Now, you wonder why there's always two Jehovah's Witnesses, right? Well, there's two disciples. He always sent them out of twos. Just so you know. He always sent them out of twos. <laughs> You'll never see one alone. They always come in twos. All right. So, um, so he goes on. He tells him, go and meet this man. You know, so he shows us this plan. Jesus got this already planned out. You know, he already knows. Some could debate who was, who that person was with the water, um, because, you know, normally it's a woman that's carrying a jar of water, but this time it's a male carrying the water, something that's Mark's father. Not the significance of that, the importance is that to show us that Jesus has a plan. He set it up to make sure that they had a place to have this meal. And that's the important takeaway about this. Um, we can go back and forth about who and what. But the importance is following through. And this, I'm seeing Jesus follow through with this plan. And he goes in and then he has his disciples go out and came to the city and found it just as he said to them. And they prepared the Passover. So Jesus has the plan perfectly set out. We see that, right? We can see this plan being followed through all the way into the meal. Now I'm going to keep, continue um, in 17. In the evening he came with the twelve. Now as they sat and ate, Jesus said, Surely I say to you, one of you who eats with me will betray me. And they began to be sorrowful and to say to him, One by one, Is it I? And another said, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve who dips with me in the dish. 
The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed, and whom he have been good for them, that man, and he had never been born. So I'll repeat that again. It would have been good for that man if he had never been born, for the person who betrays Jesus. Jesus here, this meal, he's sitting with them, he knows what's going to happen. He knows that he's preparing this meal with them, he's going to sit with them, he's going to betray. So he tells us, we can see, you can't say that he's not God because he sees, he's already knows what's going to happen. You know, we can deny the facts and debate about it, but he knows what's going to happen. He knows that he's going to be betrayed. And he's telling them. And here the disciples are saying, well, is it I? Is it I? Well, why do we think they're saying, is it I? Why do we think? Right? Because they know they're probably not, you know, they're doing something. You know, they're, they're not the perfect people. They're doing something wrong. And they're wondering, you know, is it going to be me? Is it going to be me? Because they know that he's God and he knows. But we can easily say to them, what's wrong with the disciples? Why would they even say that? Right? Why would they even say that to Jesus? Who? I mean, how can they walk with him? How are they even going to do that, right? How are they going to go ahead and, and, and betray Jesus? They walked with Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They did miracles with Jesus, right? They did all these things, right? But Jesus also tells us in John, is, cast the first stone for us who hasn't. See, we're all sinners, right? We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. And disciples are men that God used that have struggles, issues, whether it's self-identity or whether it's, you know, uh, uh, low self-esteem or struggles of their own. But they all have the same thing. They all struggle what we struggle with. And they're all worried about consciousness. Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? But we do the same thing. We do the same thing to Christ. We're saying, is it I, is it I, is it I? You see, God has a plan for us and each and every one of us here. It's the same way he did with the disciples. He had a plan. He has a plan for them. And he's using them in a certain way. Right? He's using it for his purpose. And the same way he uses us for his purpose. We all have our struggles. We all have our issues. But none of us are too broken for God not to use. And then we ask ourselves, are we grateful for that? Here's the mighty king who created everything, heavens under the earth. And we struggle to be grateful to him. Because we're so focused on, is it I? Is it I? On our own struggles. That we're not able to be grateful, especially in this time. I mean, this is... You know, with platforms like this, Thanksgiving is a time for us to be, you know, more appreciative, to bring us back in remembrance. There's nothing wrong with that. But being grateful is important, especially to God who saved us, through Christ. And we see this through the Passover meal, this plan that's been played out perfectly, that Christ, God, had his plan for us from the beginning of time. And Jesus is just continuing through, continuing through with this. So it is... Is it, is it I? It's not an issue for us. It shouldn't be. 
And if we feel that way, then we need to ask that, why are we feeling that way? Well, we should say, Lord, I am grateful. I'm grateful for everything you've done. I'm grateful for all the blessings. I'm grateful, I'm grateful, I'm grateful. Well, what is it to be, be really grateful? What does it mean to be really thankful? Um, you know, simple is just to say thank you. You know, you, you know someone says, someone sneezes, you say, God bless you. Know, the person says thank you, right? But are we really grateful when we say thankful? Thank you. Am I really grateful? Thank you, man. You know what? You really said, you know, God bless you. And I'm really grateful that you did that. But all we just say thank you is because, you know, it's the polite thing to say. And, you know, we do the same thing towards God. We're thankful, but are we really thankful? Right? Does our lives really reflect what we believe? Are we thankful that we understand the Christ as we see in here and Him being the Passover lamb for us? Are we thankful for what He's done and what He has planned for us? Because when Jesus talks about today, He also speaks about the future. Because it's not only for today for him, but he wants to prepare for you for the future. It's like we do for our children, right? We raise the children, right, a certain way because I want to teach them now, but I want them to have certain behavior for later in life. So they don't have these, hopefully they break through some of these bad habits. We hope. So, you know, but Jesus obviously is a more, he, what he does is more of an eternal, um, supernatural for us. And he's preparing us today in a place so that we can enjoy um, look forward to what he has planned for us in the future. But I, I looked up some definitions, and I, you know, as I'm reading this passage, you know, it was a little harder for me to know because there's just so much to it. I, for me, it was because you know I challenge myself with being grateful and thankful. And I come across some things, you know, um, you know, I ask myself because when I'm studying passages of scripture, and I'm always asking, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? You know, what are you trying to tell me here? What do I need? To want me to tell others because it's not only for me to teach here but it's for you what God's trying to tell you so you can tell others because we're all called to tell others about Christ and about the good news it's not just you know pastors and deacons and whoever else it's for all of us so when we study scripture reading scripture we study and ask ourselves what is God trying to tell us what's trying to teach us so as I'm doing with this I'm like even um you know um where do we get, you know, the word Eucharist from, right? Eucharist, uh, or, you know, the, um, well, I looked up Eucharist, and in and, and, and the New Testament, the Greek word means to give thanks, to express gratitude, especially to say grace at a meal. Jesus later on says he's, you know, thankful. So for us to be thankful, It's to be really grateful. And the the uh, Greek word is, we'll try, Eucharisto. That's what it sounded like. I'm blue I hear the in it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do that. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay. And then, um, so here's, I'm going to give like two, two of the big words that are used for, for thankful. The other one in the Old Testament is, this one's a little easier, um, this one's called yada, right? That's another word that's used in the Old Testament. Here's the key with yada. Here's what's important to understand about yada. 
is that it is to give thanks, but it's also to confess the name of God. It's also to confess your sins in giving thanks. It's about giving praises to God. So it's not just saying thank you, but it's praising God. It's confessing your sins and thanking God gratefully with a whole heart. That's what it is in the Old Testament. Combine that with the New Testament of giving thanks. So when Jesus says give thanks, it's not just saying thank you, but it's coming and bringing it all to the cross. And it's coming in a place of worship. So you have that relationship with him. He wants you to come wholeheartedly. He wants you to give thanks, but give thanks from your heart with a gratitude of heart. That's what he wants, not just the words. He doesn't want the verbiage, really. Verbiage, you know, we, we say a lot of words, but do we really mean these words? Right? It's always the actions that speak the words. To be really gratitude to God, to be grateful to God for what he's done and what he's doing in our lives. We all have a story to tell. Everyone here. Are we grateful for that story? Are we only grateful for the good times but not grateful for the bad times? The bad times is what forms us to enjoy the good times. It allows us to glorify God in it. And that's joy in itself. To enjoy, to be able to glorify God in our bad times, in our tough times. Because that's when we can see God work and do miraculous things in our lives. And then you really appreciate what it is to be grateful. You know, trying to always, you know, to teach, um, you know, kids, especially ourselves, you know, it's one thing when someone gives you money to buy something. It's another thing we got to earn that money. I'm not so sure if I want to buy it now. You know, I need to put it maybe for something else. You know? And, and that's, that's the difference. It's when God transforms your life through these hard times. It's when we're able to see God's work and be really grateful about it. So don't think these these hard times are, are wasted. You know, does God intend for you to go through it? I don't know. There may be some there are, but there's a lot that we make, choices that we make, that we, we met our own, um, that we go through our own bad times, the choices we make. But at the end of the day, we always know that famous scripture, for all things work for the good for those who God loves, who he's called for his purpose. God will always use it for his good. Always. As long as we trust in him and believe that he is our savior. If not, we're wasting these bad times. You know, my, you know, my background, I said, you know, especially being incarcerated a few times in my life, I always said, you know, I'm not going to let it be wasted. I used to be embarrassed of it. I'm not, I mean, I'm not putting it on a flag and tell me, hey, you know, I was in prison a few times and I still joined. I'm not doing that. But what I'm saying is, is that when the opportunity presents itself, I'm not afraid to share it because it's who I was and who I am today. And that's the part, and that's for everybody here. You know, it's for everybody here. So this Passover meal is not just a Passover meal. This communion is not just a communion. It's about being in community and joining Christ in this meal of celebrating him and us in this relationship so that we can enjoy him now and enjoy what he has prepared for us in the future.
That's how much He loves us. That's how much He cares for us. So, you know, we're being gracious and gratitude, and I tell myself this all the time, this, I'm complaining like a, I don't know, racehorse. Is that the right way to say it? I don't know. But <laughs> I just put that in there because PJ's good with those things, you know, and I'm not, you know, I just, I just put that together. <laughs> Uh, but what I'm saying is, you know, I'm far from being grateful. And it's sad that it takes me this one time in a year to actually open my eyes and say, you know what, what am I being really grateful? It takes a whole year for me to see it sometimes, well, most of the time, right? So here Jesus is preparing this meal. He has his disciples, and now he's calling them out. You know, Jesus called him out. He says, listen, one of you is going to betray me. You know, when, when they ate with you, when Jesus ate with you, when, when they ate in these meals, it was a communion. It, was a, um, it wasn't just like eating with someone you didn't know, but it was show intimacy between you guys, between people. It was, really inti- it was an inti- intimate experience to share with someone, eat with someone, especially to dip with someone in the, bre- you know, in, in the oils, you know. It was very intimate. And Jesus was willing to do that with someone that was betraying him. You know? Because Jesus, even though he knew he was going to betray him, he still gave him the opportunity to not do it. He's, he's telling them. He's telling, he's telling, listen, when are you going to betray me? I'm like, he knows. Maybe I should tell him and, you know, maybe I'll get this. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm wrong. But he doesn't, he still follows through it. But Jesus gave him the opportunity to not do it, even though God used it for his good. And God knew that he was going to do that anyway, of course. But God gave him that opportunity, as he gives us. Because don't get fooled for one second. Don't think that we're not betraying Jesus every day. When we sin, we betray Jesus. When we deny Christ in a way, um, in our actions, when we do something that's in disobedience to God, whether it's, uh, you know, taking a pencil that didn't belong to me or telling someone a white lie, that's betraying Jesus. Over and over and over. So we are no better in a sense than Judas. The only thing where we are better is that Judas wouldn't have made the wrong choice and he continued to walk away when we had the opportunity and have most had the opportunity to accept Christ as our Savior and not walk away. And we have that opportunity today to do that, but only because of what Christ um, did on the cross, only because of what Christ is love for us, only as he does, uh, goes through with this meal. So Judas is the picture that God gives us to let us know that we're no better than Judas, but we have the opportunity to be. But not better in our own strength, but better in the opportunity to receive Christ through his Passover meal. Because Jesus is saying, now I'm the Passover. I'm having this meal with you to let you know this is the Last Supper and I am the Passover now. I am that lamb without blemish who's going to shed the blood for you and me. That's what he's doing for us. So should we be grateful? Yeah. A little more than we probably should, than we are. Should we do it more than once a year? Absolutely. But thank God that God doesn't hold that against us. That's why he sent his son to die on the cross for us. 
That's why God sent Christ to go through this whole process to show how much he loves us. But as an excuse, Paul says, by no means use it as a crutch. Because in gratefulness, people see who Christ is. They're able to see the love of Christ through us. And I feel that miserably. I ain't gonna lie. Especially, you know, driving, like PJ, when he's driving. I don't know, I'm like, who's this person? <laughs> I was gonna tell PJ, well, I'm gonna pass at least once, right? When I preach. But, you know, I'm like, who's this person? What's wrong with this person? Why is this person on the street? Why are they driving? You know, it's like, instead of saying, praise God, you know, at least I have a car and I'm able to drive and experience this maniac driver, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that must have been, yeah, PJ crossed the No, I'm just kidding. But, um, that's, that, that's where, you know, and then we see, um, you know, Jesus falls through, you know, he says he's betrayed and it's good for that man if he had never been born. You know, Jesus is just repeating, you know, in, in uh, Psalm 41, where David been betrayed the same way. So Jesus is always going back and forth to the Old Testament and New Testament. He's betrayed by his closest man at that time, David. As same as Jesus is. But Jesus still continues on with the plan. Because he's come to save those who are lost. I'm going all over the place, but you know what it is? And I'm just going to teach it. Praise God. So, now we're going into the communion, the Last Supper, right? So I said, you know, what? what is communion? Um, and I looked that up, and, and, and it came with the word, PJ kept telling me, I kept saying it wrong, but I think I got it right, koinonia. That's a blue letter, koinonia. Uh, I love blue letter, because when he does it, it's like a, but it's like a southern accent, you know, the guy who does it. I don't know, it's just, it sounds different. But, it, it, you know, it represents, you know, and it, and it, you know, in Acts 2.42, when they came in communion, they fellowship and they broke bread in Acts 2.42. And that's what this is about here. It's to fellowship it, um, to fellowship and have communion with one another and to break bread with one another, and that's what we're doing. But Jesus did that with his disciples, all 12, right? Different tribes, represents the different tribes. Represents Jew and Gentile for all of us, not just the Jews, for all of us. So Jesus gives us this picture of he's following through, he's he's a pastor now, and now he's representing and he's showing that listen, this is for everybody to partake in. This is for all of us to partake for us who believe in Christ. But you gotta come with the right heart, of course. And Paul later tells us in, in, in Corinthians that. But so communion, um, so that's where I got communion from. So I'm going to finish up the passage here, especially for time's sake, um, in verse 22. So as Jesus, uh, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, 
of the new covenant, which is shed for many. But surely I say to you, I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink a new kingdom of God. And when they had sung the hymn, they went out from the Mount of Olives. Now just so we know for the drinkers, okay, that wine was three parts water, one part wine, okay? So, you know, what was going to say what Jesus drank? Well, a little different, okay? So we're clear, okay? All right. He didn't drink it to get drunk. He did it to show, to, to symbolize something, to give us the, the symbol. All right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I'm going to read something, Isaiah 53. I didn't even look at my, 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 my supporting passages, but I'm going to read Isaiah 53 because I believe that's important. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when he, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men. This is in Isaiah, right? Maybe a thousand years, I don't know, somewhere around there before. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And he hid, as it were, our, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne out of griefs and carried our sorrows, yet he esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All are like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on his on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before its shearers is silent. Right? Passover, Jesus. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation. For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked. But with the rich of his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering to sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, by righteous servants shall justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. So he should bear their iniquities once again. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with transgressors. And he bore the sin of many. And he made intercession for his transgressors. He made intercession for his transgressors. He pleaded our case before God the Father. And this is prophecy. Jesus is just filling prophecy. Great way, Isaiah 53 is a great way to witness to um, Jews and uh, chosen people ministries and stuff like 
And uh, Jews for Jesus use this passage very strongly to witness to them. But here we see the prophecy of Jesus Christ fulfilling prophecy for us. For us. In this Passover meal. So Jesus broke the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to him and said, this is my body. So Jesus is giving his body in the bread. Right? Saying the fulfillment of being him being the lamb. As they return the lamb for the people to eat, Jesus is saying, here, eat me in a way. Not the trans, what's that word? Trans, uh, No, trans, no, transliberation is it where you actually, the eating, they think it's actually eating Jesus. No, you're not physically eating Jesus. It's just symbolic. We're receiving Christ. But symbolically, we're receiving Christ as we eat it because we're receiving who Christ is and the fulfillment of the, uh, uh, of the Passover meal and, and, uh, Jesus being the lamb. Okay? So don't get that confused. There's no way you can taste Jesus. Some religions believe you can actually taste him. So, and then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. Here Jesus is giving them the wine which is representing his blood. What are you going to do today? We're going to partake in this. And what we're doing is we could partake in this communion, this time here. Jesus is telling us simply, listen, I'm the Passover lamb. I've come, I've walked with you, I've talked with you. I'm going to sacrifice myself. This is Thursday, Friday. He gets um, Friday. Uh, he's going to be crucified the next day. So he say, listen, I come. I'm sharing the blood. I'm fulfilling a prophecy because the Israel, the, the Jewish people are waiting for this Messiah to come to fulfill prophecy. Jesus is it. He just say, I become as the lamb. I've come as the lamb. So now that I've come as the lamb, I'm going to sacrifice my shed my blood because as we know that the lamb in the Passover, they sprinkled it at the tabernacle. They sprinkled it to represent uh, the blood um, to shed for the sins. Well, Jesus is shedding his blood on the cross. So now Jesus says, we drink and we shed, Jesus is shedding the blood, letting us know this. And not only that, what's important is for us to understand is, is in 25, as I shall say to you, I will no longer drink the fruit of the, of the vine that day when I drink it in the new kingdom of God, he's letting us know that it's a place prepared for us and that he'll be back and we'll be with him. Grateful? Are we? Before we go into this communion, I do want to give the opportunity for whoever um, hasn't received Christ or for whoever's struggling with something in their hearts. You know, First Corinthians, Paul's talking to the Corinthians about, you know, because they're, they're taking communion with the wrong intentions and they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff in Corinthians. And Paul's telling them, listen, you can't do that. This is not about, you know, just doing it just to do it or do it because, you know, um, for, 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 for all the wrong reasons. This you're doing, you're taking communion Paul's telling them is because you are in communion with Christ. You're receiving Christ as the payment. You're believing that He is the payment for our sins. He is the Lamb slain. 
for our sins. And when we take communion, what we're doing is communion with Christ. We're going to worship. We're asking the Lord to forgive us for anything we have wrong against us or someone else. And we're asking Him to forgive us of our sins. Right? And we're asking Him, um, we're partaking in this, in this meal, this communion meal, so that we can have fellowship and enjoy who Christ is and worship Him because this is a, is a form of worship. We are worshiping Christ through this. But everyone can partake in this. Because Paul says not everyone can. And the reason why is because you need to know Jesus before you can partake in it because you don't really know what you're partaking in if you don't know Christ. The Bible says once we receive Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and lives in us and reveals who Christ is in us. There's no accidents and there's no coincidences. Whether you're on Facebook watching us or through the website, you're here today. There's no accident, no coincidence why you're here today. God is not a, a God of confusion. If he is, then we're definitely... No, we're not. I know we're not. Because I'm no accident. And none of us here are. So we have this opportunity today, right now, to accept Christ as a Savior. So we can partake in this communion and receive a Christ for you today. And receive the promise of the future of the eternity that he promised us with him. There's only two places you can go. All of us, you know, we die of flesh and death, but we're all going to live eternal. Everyone in this world. But there's only two places you can live eternally. See there, with him in heaven. Or with, you know who? Satan and his little lake of fire in hell. Right? Straightforward as it can be. There's only two places. Everyone's going to live eternal. And that's why when we're grateful too, is that we understand that, that we don't have to experience that. That we can experience living in glory with Christ. And we're grateful for that, for what He's done on the cross for us. We're grateful for Him coming down, shedding His blood, and, and, and fulfilling prophecy, and doing all this so that we could have eternity, and we're so undeserving of it. But we're also grateful to show others, to share the love of Christ. Because we're so grateful, we want to share the love of Christ to others. Let our lives reflect what we believe. So, if our hearts are here to take communion, to be in fellowship and communion with Christ and with one another, because it's about community. Jesus didn't share communion with just one person. He shared it with all twelve. Because he's about community. He's about us being together. And growing together, and serving together. Because what happens in Acts, right? They all go out together, and they go out, and they're doing their thing for Christ. It's about us doing it together. And growing the kingdom of God. Being the hands and feet of Jesus. So I'm going to say a prayer. And, you know, you can follow along with me. I pray that you do it. I plead that you do if you don't know Christ. Or if you thought you did, but you really realize you really didn't. I'm going to say a prayer and then and ask that you follow and that you would have that opportunity to follow Christ and be part of the family, part of this communion that God has prepared for you. So you don't have to be lying and deceived by Satan anymore. You can walk with Christ, Almighty God and King. So we bow our heads in prayer. And again, in this time too, you know, if there's anything that you're holding back that's holding you back from taking communion, there's anything that 
is, is you're holding your heart of anger towards anyone, let it go. Bring it to the cross. Get on your knees. Do whatever it takes. But come to this communion clean. You're not going to come perfect. Come with that attempt to be clean so that you can experience and enjoy Christ and enjoy this communion so your heart can be grateful and thankful and the result of it is being grateful from a gratefulness that only we can get a true supernatural greatness is from Jesus Christ and Christ alone through His Holy Spirit that lives in us and through us. Thank God for His Spirit that loves us and for God who loves us. So as I say this prayer, some of you just cry out to God. Ask God to forgive you for whatever you've done wrong in your life. And for others, just we repeat this. If you want to be a part of the kingdom and enjoy this communion and, and, and share what God has in store for you, then repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner who needs a savior. Thank you for being that Passover lamb. I thank you for your, your blood that you shed on the cross for us. I ask you to forgive me for all the wrong I've done in my past. All the bad choices I've made in life. Forgive me for the life of disobedience. But I am ready today. I'm ready to receive you, to accept, and believe in you. That your blood shed on the cross was and is for my sins. You paid. I no longer am the person I used to be. Come into my life. Change my heart. Change my life. Lead my life. Allowing me to be the child of God. You called me to be. I receive your love, your mercy, your grace through the blood that was shed on the cross. In Jesus' name. If anyone did say it for the first time tonight, um, I mean, today, um, please see Pastor John at the end. But Matthias is going to play a song for us. And in this time, I still want us to stay in this, in this place of worship, in this place of communion, in this place of God, uh, being grateful. To Christ. And at the same time. Because you we are new creations of Christ. We're a child of God. That comes with power and authority, and we walk in it. Not by faith, not by sight, but by faith. We are children of God. If He is against us, there's no one that can stand against us. Because we walk with the mighty God who's who is king. We were on the winning team. Let's share that love and let's share it right now and let others know be a part of this winning team. Because it's not to keep, it's for us to go out and tell.